Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to speak with my friends Claire and Graham this evening. How are you doing guys? Evening. Well, thank you, Aid. Yeah, it's good to be here. A little bit late in the week, but it's nice to be here nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Is it late? In the yeah, no, <laughs> it's, Friday, it's Friday, yeah. It's, it's definitely Friday. late in the week. <laughs> yes, we don't normally record on a Friday, do we? So, uh, yes, no, it's either well, that or it's dead early for next week. Uh, yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? No, it's just because we would normally we would normally record on a Tuesday, obviously. But um, it was one of those evenings where we had, we had everything lined up. And then one by one, you guys all went, ah, I'm really sorry, I'm busy, I can't make it. And I'm busy, I can't make it. It's like, okay, that's fine. We've got a super awesome guest lined up. <laughs> Even if it's just me chatting to our super awesome guest, that'll be fine. And then our super awesome guest went, I feel like garbage. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> it's either me doing my interpretation of the vagina monologues, which I don't think anybody wants to hear, or we postpone <laughs> to later in the week. Do you know what? I And we all know how much you hate doing the whole monologue thing. <laughs> and not that I blame you. Not that I blame you. Mm. I hate, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I've ever done mm. a whole monologue podcast. I think I've managed to avoid it over all these years, mm. but I know that you've done one or two, haven't you? Which is, uh, not it's, your favourite thing. It's the weirdest thing. So when when we're talking like this, or when you know, however mm. it is, I I never find it difficult to talk, and I never worry about it. But even when I just have thirty seconds of audio that I need to record, even if it's just like for the beginning of one of our Sunny Sixteen presents or something, introducing it, it's like pulling teeth. I'm like, okay, I stop. Okay, well, half of that's okay. Now I need to record the second half. It's painful. So, yeah, <laughs> the the very idea of trying to do an, an entire show by myself, I would uh, sooner kill myself, and I'm sure anybody who had to listen would sooner kill me as well. I I have nothing but respect for all the people out there, you know, all the podcasters, especially the photography ones who do shows just on their own because I mm. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's either magic or planning. I'm not uh, quite sure which one it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I know from speaking to um, Matt, uh, Matt who does Matt Loves Cameras, he definitely puts in a ton of planning. So for him, it's definitely planning. Mm. Planning's not my thing, as you guys both know very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that, yeah, podcasting's a hobby, isn't it? You don't take it too serious. I mean, obviously, we want to have interesting, informative and, you know, f fun chats. But, mm. but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, what... Uh, well, we, we did plan for this show. What are we talking about again? <laughs> oh, that is the loosest possible sense. Uh, well, I mean, vaguely, we're going to get onto printing later. later but first off, Aid, let's because you've got a new toy. <laughs> you've got a new toy to talk about, haven't you? Which is making oh. you look even even more high tech. So, what's your fancy new toy this week? Well, well, well. Thank you for, for yes. Uh, I um, I have a new computer, which is uh, is something I've been putting off for years. The last one I bought about seven years ago, and. Uh, and still works actually perfectly fine. I would have to say my old computer still works perfectly fine. There's only two things wrong with it. One is that now we're doing more video. It's it's not really keeping up. It drops frames when we're recording and stuff just like that. Just one second, sorry. There's a frog in my room. I just need to go and let out. I'll be <laughs> back in just frog. one second. There's, a, there's a frog in my room. You said, is there a mouse in my beard? No, there's a frog in my room. One second. Aww. Well, at least there's not a frog in your beard, I suppose. <laughs> I said, this is uh, this is one of our slightly more unusual interruptions. Mm. I don't know, Claire, Claire, have you got any wildlife with you? I haven't actually, no. But I uh, talking of frogs, I was out on a walk earlier and I saw a poor dead frog. Oh, um, no. 
Oh, well, I tell you the what, I, talk, I, I, uh, we have gerbils at our house rather than frogs. Um, but, uh, uh, and uh, I have taken a lot of gerbil photos in the last mm. six months, what with being locked in and the children now being old enough to run away and all. Um, gerbils, <laughs> gerbils are a little bit, little bit closer. They're difficult little buggers to take shots of. <laughs> they don't stay still for very long. But uh, anyway, sorry, did you manage to escort <laughs> yes, gently the frog? The frog, the, the frog is now the... left dead. I don't know when the frog entered the room, but I just heard this noise. I was like, what's that? There's a there's a, just a frog hopping across my carpet. Okay, these things happen. These things happen. Has it been raining around your way at all? Yeah, it has been raining this morning quite heavily. Yeah, <laughs> it did rain here. I did. Yes, I uh, did it today in in like bucket loads for a short while. Anyway, what were we talking about? Photography. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, well you loosely, just saying you, you were loosely. yeah because it was your birthday this week just gone. Happy birthday! So this mm. this is a, birth, a birthday present to yourself. And you were just about to tell us what things your old laptop sucked at. Ah, yes, yes. Well, so so actually, this is one of these rare occasions where, um, you know, I was trying to eke it out and eke it out because there was nothing wrong with it. It worked perfectly well. And then it started not being able to do this stuff. And it wasn't that the computer was breaking. It's that we were doing more adventurous stuff. So all of this video stuff that we're doing now, uh, it would drop frames and, and be a bit clunky and you know, we'd only run for 10 seconds before the fans came on full blast and stuff like that. And uh, you could see, you know, if you look at the the gauges of how much CPU it's using and stuff like that, it was uh, it was really right up to the top. And uh, doing the lighting lounge with, with John and we use a slightly different recording setup and you get a little i was getting a little uh message in in the video window for that recording setup saying cpu overloaded <laughs> can you take much more of this captain <laughs> it's exactly that it's exactly that uh so that was one reason the other reason is that uh the i i had in recent times had to start uh, to do with homeschooling and stuff like that i had started sharing the laptop with my my boy and whilst i got no problems in sharing a laptop at all because we used it at different times so there was no clashing or anything like that being an 11 year old boy um he usually has food stuck to his clothes <laughs> his face his hands and and every time i it was my turn to use the laptop i used to have to power it down all the way and then like wipe it with a damp cloth Shit, wash it <laughs> So, so I won't miss that either. So, so I have yes. a new one with him. No, <laughs> well, maybe in a, maybe in about seven years. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe then he'll have uh, be. Why would he be that? Be eighteen then, wouldn't he? Yeah, he can have it to go off to university or something like that if that's what he chooses to do. I don't actually. Do you know what it's like? It's like when the pub shuts. It's like you don't have to go. Yeah, to a particular place, but you can't stay here. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you're eight, you're eighteen now. <laughs> Yeah, Get I tried out. to convince Sinead that uh, 16 was the age that children should leave home. But it's like, no, I'm afraid he has to stay a little bit longer. Um, yeah, there are laws and shit now. <laughs> Gross. Um, did you already mention what it is that you've got, Ed? It's, was it an I... Uh, no, I didn't. Um, it is it is because I like them. It is a uh, an Apple MacBook Pro. Um, uh, it's, it's like it's an almost entry-level one. Um, for those that are into Apple stuff uh, and track these sorts of things, it's the it's a new MacBook Pro with the M1 chip, which is the what they call the Apple Silicon, where they've designed their own chips instead of buying them from 
Intel. Uh, so funny enough, the architecture of the chip is a lot more like what you get in an iPad or a phone. So it's really optimized for the hardware and the software to work together. And it just flies, to be honest. I haven't really given it, I mean, it only arrived yesterday, so I haven't really given it a proper uh, uh, test. But in, I've been, I, I, I span it up and started loading up some of the things that were causing the old one uh, to, to hit sort of 80, 90% CPU usage. And this one was going, yeah, I've used about 8% of the CPU. <laughs> so it really is quite a significant change. I quite like that, though. I'm not one of these people that chases upgrades year after year after mm. year, you know, where you only get like a tiny increment. It's like last year when I got a new phone, it was like, wow, I had had a new phone for about five years. Mm. It's like, wow this makes a real difference it's like it's like definitely worth the upgrade you know five six generations later there's definitely something worth happening <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder how long with digital cameras how long you'd need to wait to pick one up and go oh wow this is a significant upgrade i mean my the last digital camera that i bought the one that i still have obviously is the x pro one which was it's a cracking camera it's a cracking camera about five, six, six. I think years, it must be six years? years now. Yeah, I think it must mm -hmm. be six years. Um, and I, I can't think what I. I mean, I know that that camera was not flawless, and like the autofocus and stuff like that. But there's nothing that I particularly care about that much that I could see me going out and buying a new digital camera now that would make me go, oh wow, this was worth buying it. I mean, but even putting aside the fact that I never use the one that I've got anyway. Um, well, that yeah, I mean, I I was the same. I mean, I had the Fuji XT one, and I'd had that for at least five years, um, and uh, I did change it in the end. I changed it for an XT three, which is what I've got now. Mm. Um, and the only the only reason I did that, again, is doing video stuff. Um, you know, and uh, the XT one is some simple stuff. It was less good at video and the quality that didn't bother me too much, but you couldn't get a clean signal out of it. Um, so you couldn't use it as a as a webcam or a podcasting camera or a YouTube camera because it would have all the menu writing all over it. Um, so uh, I got I, I traded it in, got a second hand XT3, and uh, it works great. That's what you're looking at me on now. You can tell whether you like the picture quality or not. Yeah, no, it's good. You look lovely, Aid. It sounds like he's fishing for a compliment, doesn't he, Claire? <laughs> you can tell me how, no, how good no, no, do I just, look? <laughs> it's not the content of the picture I'm asking you to judge. It's the quality of the of the no, video. It, image. It, it does look quality, and you you always look really well lit as well. Oh well, thank you very much. Okay. Well, you know what? What with having a podcast about lighting and all now, although yeah. we actually that's a bit pretty that's a bit presumptuous to say that isn't it because john and i have we've published show zero of mm -hmm. the lighting lounge uh uh show one we have recorded but not yet published mm -hmm. and there are two more in the scripting stage mm -hmm. the scripting stage oh boy mm, sounds good okay script is possibly a slight <laughs> exaggeration <laughs> but but we've been playing well let, 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 so so we we have our various different shows have different uh, on sunny 16 mm. have have different formats don't we don't they? so mm. you know you've got your backing paper which is one format and and this one which is another format you know claire you you've got one which is very deliberately based around a format haven't you You're about the movies and inviting mm. people to talk to about the movies and things like that so uh you know um it's there's, there's all sorts of different stuff going on. So when John and I were talking about the lighting lounge and thinking, well, what do we want the format? Yeah, what do we want to do? What do we want to talk about? What do we want the format to be like? 
uh, and uh, you know some of the technical production things as well going on because we're both quite keen on pushing a, a bit on the production side too. Uh, we realised that actually not a script because because mm. we like we we wouldn't. I don't think either of us would feel comfortable with a script. It would be a bit clunky for us, I think. But yeah, a free flowing conversation, but structured. So we thought we've come up with the uh, the concept of segments, which mm. uh, we'll we'll see. That we, we've done it a bit in the recording for show number one. We've done uh, a little bit on segments. Um, there'll be more structure, I think, from show number two onwards. Because looking at what we're what we're developing for show number two and show number three, there there are sort of discrete segments. Some of that might come with um, you know different types of conversation. You never know. I don't know. We're still working on the production. Mm. That's one of the things that makes it fun. It's creative, right? It's a creative endeavor. That sounds so, awesome. Uh, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully that'll be out next week. John's been super busy this week, so I think we're looking at hopefully next week for that, right? I'd like to think so, but as you say, John's been super busy and, and uh, you know, looking after a young child is definitely more important than putting something out on a podcast. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but this is this is one of the benefits of yeah, going back to the, the first thing about me having a new computer. I have a computer now that can actually do some of the recording in the in the style that we're now doing it with much more video, which I just could I simply couldn't run that stuff previously. So I can be I'm I'm looking forward to getting John to teaching me about the setup and maybe one day he'll let me control the banana. <laughs> <laughs> we can but dream, mate. We can but dream. <laughs> who doesn't want to be in charge of banana <laughs> but you, you could have a frog <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i am i am that's like paranoid there might be more in here which i know sounds ridiculous but yeah more frogs more a frogs. plague of a plague of frogs have yeah you my got a plague? plague of frog of all the plagues to have i think i'll go with frogs given <laughs> the choice between that and all the other possible plagues that were on offer i'll take frogs thanks um <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting to have a conversation about your own personal favourite type of plague. Oh, I, mean, so, I feel uh, actually I feel bad now. Aid, what's your favourite plague? If you... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, would you would beard you mice? <laughs> beard mice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, anyway so so that's a little bit of an update for me um you know just what what have i been up to um uh pl playing with new toys and uh and uh enjoying enjoying the beer that um my my wife bought me uh, a big box of different ales for my birthday with, mm. and, and said i'm sorry you can't go to the pub so i've brought the pub to you so i'm sitting here enjoying my ale as well <laughs> anyway anyway claire what have you been up to um, well, this week I was, well, doing some 120 film. Um, first of all, I had, I ruined one film um, because, uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was winding on, it was again, Graham's favourite camera. It was, it was, it was, I was on the Diana camera and I wasn't getting anywhere with it. And I thought, am I winding this on? You know, am I winding on correctly? But I was, and what I realised, it was um, cine still, 120 film and the actual shot numbers are very faint so I kept winding it thinking something's jammed and stuff and wind the whole film so I sort of gave up put that to one side in in, in a drawer and loaded another one <laughs> I, I do still I love what you told me this before I love the fact that you wound the entire length of the film on without thinking 
I've probably reached point number one. But were you doing this? Was it? Were you outside when you were doing this? Because you said you were oh, going. Oh no, 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 no! Oh, this no, was inside no. in the light. Yeah, inside. So after getting frustrated and, and realizing what I'd done, I put that one to one side, and then I uh, loaded up another one. And I was out. It was nighttime. I was so I went out, and I literally just took some shots in the, in the the street around me in the garden because. Um, it's quite a nice atmosphere with some of the street lamps and some of the shadows uh, on bits of hedges and, and different things. And, you know, I've got this thing about people's, <laughs> people's lounges mm -hmm. um, from the outside and, and the lamps. So I was doing that. But what I was doing was every time I <laughs> needed to wind a new shot on, I would go back into, into the house and sort of so I could see what I was winding on. So I was doing so some 120 film and then... Um, the, it, it's coming up to um it's the 1212 project um the march theme you know i have to have um an image ready for wednesday um and this month's theme is wabi zabi which i am finding so difficult <laughs> so difficult is that japanese for ah what do i shoot <laughs> oh yeah it really is it's uh, it's such I, I think it's a really tough theme so I feel like um, I feel like I feel like I have been wabby zabbied because I'm like thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've been the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. So um, so for those of our listeners, this this and uh, I don't mean to ambush you, but for for loads of for, <laughs> for those of those of our listeners who, who may not be fully acquainted with the definition of wabby zabby, um, can you enlighten us? Um, well, I well to be honest, Aide, showing my ignorance, um, I didn't. When I saw what the theme was at first, I was like, "What is it exactly?" So I had to sort of look into it. And it's a, from what I've gathered, um, it's kind of a, a Japanese um, aesthetic, and it it means different things. And it's sort of like seeing beauty and imperfection, and it's things something around simplicity. And you're going to read me a definition, are you, Aid? No, I wasn't no, planning no. to. No, 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 um, I can do, but it, um, it means it means little to me, to be honest. Yeah, so, so I've read about it, and I, I was looking at sort of images, but I still feel struggling, you know. I still think this is tough. one. Hmm? A tough one. A tough one, it really is. So... I shall be um, this weekend now um, th uh, really sort of panic, panicking, almost thinking, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that your plan for the weekend is to panic. <laughs> yeah, that my plan is to panic. So I'll be wabby zabbing it this weekend. Everybody loves a deadline. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, but no. usually, you know, um, I, I, I think of, you know, I, I usually, I quite like that process of, thinking spending a lot of time in that kind of planning and thinking and coming up with ideas and often my problem is having too many and so this is like you know i'm really kind of yeah wabby zabbied so have you done mm -hmm. uh, do you do things like an image search claire just on those words just to see what that brings up yeah, to see when I was reading about it and to see what it was, but I'm no further along in what <laughs> I'm going to do. Much better informed, um, but none the wiser. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. And then, then I was like, oh, this afternoon something went in my mind, thinking, should I do something with transparencies? I don't know. But so it'll be, I'll see what I'll come up with for uh, 
10 o'clock on the 31st. That's when I have to have my image ready. Oh, um, that's so like yeah, next that's Wednesday nice. or something. Isn't mm. it? You'll be I've, fine. I've, apart from that, I've been going on quite long walks. I know that's not very uh, <laughs> photography related. but yeah. I don't know. Are you taking, taking photographs on your long walks? Making photographs? Uh, taking photographs? Just spending time in my head, I think, you know. Um, I always thinking of Luke, always thinking <laughs> that doesn't of, seem uh, like a always, safe space to be <laughs> <laughs> always uh, keeping an eye out you know when I'm there always think in terms of sets and location but yeah do you take a I camera decide... with you when you go Claire, walking Claire do you know I was thinking this um, on one of my walks on my own <laughs> actually this is exactly what I was thinking that I'm one of those people I was thinking actually I don't take a camera everywhere I go um, and I've been through this in my head thinking, oh, I sh maybe I should take a camera everywhere I go. And you know, that thing case I miss something and that kind of spontaneity and you might see a real character. But I think I don't. I think that I spend, I think for me, because of the, the, the usually the sort of work I do, I spend my first stages, the, the coming up with the ideas of what I'm going to do. And then I take the camera out to set it up and, you know. But I, I, I have okay. in the past right. as well gone through, should I take my camera everywhere and I miss this? Because there have been occasions where I've regretted. Like I can think of one example um, and I was in one of my favourite places, which is Almeria, and I was on the high street there and I always take my cameras, you know, around that, you know, with me, but I didn't have one then. And I remember just as I looked down the street, this, two, this couple came gliding up and they were, must have been in the 90s, I reckon. Um, and they just looked so of a different era. And I can't even begin to put into words how spectacular they looked. And I remember thinking then, if only I had my camera with me, because they would have been just such a fantastic shot. They were very, they'd have been like a couple that sort of Diane Arbus would have captured. So I've ha I have had moments like that when I thought, oh, I've only had my camera now um you know mm. it's, it's so so there's two things really for me like from what you've just said there one is that mm. there's no need to be apologetic about not taking a camera mm. and spending time in your own head because for one thing people don't do that enough anymore you mm. know people are always distracted by digital stuff mm. and and secondly that's uh, you know it's if well certainly for me and i believe it happens for a lot of people is it's only when you're sort of calm and relaxed and and what have you that the big the big ideas do come yeah yeah, yeah. so you know i think that's it's a good thing the second thing i was going to say is you just reminded me of years and years ago um uh, a family member gave me a book as a present and it was mm. a a biography of uh, cartier bresson henri cartier bresson yeah and the the biographer did meet him and interview him, but only very late in his life, uh, when at a time where he'd essentially stopped carrying cameras around with him and stopped making photographs. Uh, and uh, he, he asked, uh, the interviewer asked a question about that, said, well, you, don't, don't you miss it? And, and apparently he, he responded, well, no, I just, I just take, pictures with you know in my head yeah <laughs> and, and i see things and i and i notice them and i mm. enjoy them and mm. yeah and and so you know and mm. i do that I, ever mm. since i read that i i find that sometimes and it's one of the massive benefits for photography for me from being in yeah being into photography is that i see things so much i see so much more 
I see yeah. colors, I see shapes, I see light, I see, yeah, I see people, I see compositions, mm. I see all sorts of stuff that I would never have seen. And it doesn't, and I get a huge amount of joy out of that, regardless mm. of whether I actually take a photo or not. I do that. And I, I, when I'm walking, I will think, oh, that's a great set or that doorway or this place or that place. I, I, I do that. And sometimes as well, I like if I'm out, I like to just, you know, shift my focus. Do you do that? You like look up or something when you're walking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, that gives you a different perspective. But I've got, I've become since lockdown as well. Um, I, I mentioned this, didn't I, before we were, before we began recording, um, I've become attracted to, there's a, there's uh -oh. a, there's an, there's an, an old aluminium, well, it's not, there's an aluminium plant um, on, on close to where I live, Ang, Angus Aluminium, and it's, I think it's got a skeleton staff now. Um, and some of the buildings, you know, they have that <laughs> that kind of brutalist architecture and stuff like that. And I, I pass them sometimes to go on a walk and, I've become quite attracted to those buildings so i'm kind of thinking that they could be like a set for me as well and, and definitely other... a whole sort of brut brutalist yeah. architecture as a background for stuff is awesome yeah. and also I'm, I'm aware as well that I'm, i really always love looking at old photographs of you know wherever you you, you know you're like the island where you've grown up or, or or different places and i'm thinking how quickly things do change and I've become more wanting to do some documentation because I think that even though if you went into our, all of us, we went into our, I don't know, our town centres or whatever, we could take pictures. Um, fast forward 20 years, those images are going to be really interesting to look at because the backgrounds, the cars, you know, all the things that that will have changed that we can't even probably conceive now. Um, and what I love looking at in old photos, where you think, oh, look at the glasses, look at the computers, look at the phones they had. Um, yeah, so I'm getting interested in that as well. But No, yeah. I can definitely see yeah. something, you know, so, something in your style uh, of image making, that making use of a, a, a brutalist architecture <laughs> in, in the background as part of that. I can... Resetting, yeah, I know. Yeah, mm. and it's, yeah you, especially if you think about the era. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you're influenced by, mm. you know, but br brutalist architecture was kind of a contemporary thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got into, um, rec in, in recent years, I've got to really love architecture. And we were talking about London earlier. You know, it's one of the, I love all the buildings you get you get around in London. Oh, there's no shortage, and they keep building yeah. more as well, so... <laughs> But you know, North Wales, we have some some good ones in North Wales as well. So, yeah. it's a bit more spread out there. I have to say, when it comes to, mm. uh, I if I'm going for a walk, I'll probably have a camera with me. Even if I'm going for a walk mm. somewhere where I know I'm not going to find a picture to take, I just. Um, one because uh, cameras make for great bulky fidget spinners so if, especially if you've got a manual <laughs> focus camera you'd be walking along again focus 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 um but i just like having one with me whether it's uh, an slr or, or a point and shoot and something like that um and I, I, because i think it's like you were saying earlier aid about the fact that getting into photography has made you more aware of things and that's the thing I'll, I'll be walking around and i'll be paying much more attention to everything mm -hmm. as i'm going around because i'm just constantly looking for a shot almost never finding one um 
but as I think back to a lot of the pictures that um, I mean I, I would I greatly enjoy doing what you're talking about Claire that thing of setting up a shot and planning and doing it that is so much fun but I mm. there's so rarely the opportunity to do that so um, and there's so rarely the opportunity for me to take pictures anyway that if I'm going for a walk if I've allocated some time to free time to go for a walk I'm mm. not going to not take a camera with me and um, <laughs> you know I've, over the years I, I've there are pictures that I've taken there that you're like oh these are some of my favorite pictures just because I had a camera with me when I went for a walk um so yeah yeah there's definitely that um yeah there's there's definitely that and I've done that you know for years on on my commute or or wherever I've ended up working if it's not a daily commute if it's a weekly commute going out for a walk around wherever I'm staying uh, you know at the end of the 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 end of the day and Mm. Um, you know, I, I keep, you know, I've got to dig out all my photos of Coventry when I, uh, cause John's really keen to see the photos of Coventry cause he's doing some documentary yeah. around Coventry as well. And, uh, he's keen to see how it's changed. And it's not a long time ago. It was, I think, I think it would have been 2014 mm. I was working in Coventry. Yeah. Cause you, you'd stopped doing that shortly before we started doing the podcast. So yeah. That would have yeah. Been and uh and so yeah it would yeah so it would have been somewhere it was either 2014 or 2015 i forget which sort of merges into one mm. um no 2014 and uh so if john's shooting there now i sort of seven years later he's thinking well yeah what what will have changed and yeah. i imagine in some yeah. ways quite a lot will have changed it, it in other does. ways maybe not so much it's, mm. it's and that's that it almost is in its um uh it is the thing you're looking for isn't it i mean i remember when i was walking around coventry and uh which was mostly around the city center and areas just like adjacent to the city center because that's where i happened to be working and staying mm. um you know you'd go and you'd see strange stuff at least it was strange to me because there's there's um there's a, a medieval street of little sort of stone buildings and my 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 limited understanding is that not all of them originated in that street some of them are moved there to protect them you know but in in modern times mm. and you've got this sort of very this tiny street and and you you it's quite easy to take a shot of the the row of buildings with an enormous blue and yellow cube in the background mm. which is the quite stupendously large ikea that is right next door to it oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like, <laughs> and it's it's amazing that you can get these kind of things you know mm. what's, what's the fancy word juxtaposition mm. yeah you know, the, these 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 things so close to each other and and you can you can play with that and you can have mm. fun with it when you're, when you're taking mm. photos but there you go anyway when i was um traveling um you know that's the period that i was traveling to go to the dark room a lot i took actually um i took a load of black and white uh, shot a, bl- a few black and white rolls in um, a place where I worked, which in- is now being demolished. So I've got, you know, I've got negatives of this like old building that, you know, and on all the people that worked there. Um, so I'm really glad I did that. You know, cool. that's just an example of, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's. Yeah, I think exactly. it's always good, especially if you're going out for a walk on your own. I I think having a camera mm. is what's one of the most fun things. Going for a walk on your own with a camera. It's a camera is better than a dog for going for a walk because when you've got a camera, <laughs> you're not having to pay attention to what anybody else is doing. You have to keep an eye on your dog. You've got your camera, and it's like oh, it's just mm. a good. Time. Is it is it better than going for a walk to look for a cat? Oh god. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is so much better than going for a walk to look for a cat. I don't think I don't think you guys mentioned this, but obviously I, 
I, I bailed on you guys last week on the podcast, mm. on you and um, John Clare. And um, that was because I was looking for my cat who had disappeared um, out of the two. We have two cats, um, one of whom is an athletic cat who can leap up fences and you know do all the things that a cat can do. And we have another one, which is an incorrectly labelled dog, which <laughs> couldn't get over our garden <laughs> fence without a stepladder. And... Um, <laughs> And he disappeared. You think, oh, no, there's so much trouble he could have got into. And mm-hmm. so, yes, when you were recording, I was busy walking around the village panicking. And <laughs> the best thing was that later that evening, I was talking to John on um, Google Meet, g- getting some advice about a piece of kit that I've got for the darkroom. And I was just sat here and I heard this noise at the window and I looked across. and It was midnight and there's this little furry white face at the window going, hi, I'm back. Like, <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Mm. Ah, worse than children. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. Okay, well, tell you what, though, um, we should probably start to address the theme of the show, maybe a little. <laughs> can do, yeah. I can just very quickly. I just want to tell you a couple of bits, um, and I'll, then I'll lead into. So, um, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought we were sorry. I didn't mean to leave you out. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good because the, the one of the main things I want to talk about will take us straight into this anyway. Um, first, I want to talk about now. This is something that we've mentioned on the show a couple of times. Uh, you guys can see it, but the um, listening audios can't. This is an auto conips. Um, I bought one mm. of these. So we've talked about this. This is a little self-timer thing. It's great. It's about just over an inch long by um, just under an inch wide. It's, t- it's smaller than a little cigarette box. And what oh, this yeah. is is a self-timer to use with a plunger cable. So you just wind the thing up, put your plunger, plunger underneath, and then it counts down. So it's great. That's really cool. So, um, it's like it, so it's almost like a sort of mechanical solenoid, is it? Or is it a, a clockwork solenoid? Yeah, exactly. To, so pre- pre- to press the button. Exactly, exactly. So I got Crazy. that. And it's really cool because it means I can, for doing self-portraits and stuff like that, that's mm. really cool. Um, I bought one and it turned up and it just didn't work properly. So I bought another one and it came free with this. Now, Aid hasn't seen this. Look at this beauty. Um, Graham is splurging again. Yeah, this, this is Very nice. This is this is a potential cheap shots camera. I'm not sure whether that's a good idea or not. Um, what this is for the listening audience, this is a um, roughly 100 years old, might be slightly older uh, mm. folding plate camera. Um, it's really cool. It's a plate camera. It's uh, not even a fit. Yeah, exactly. It was designed to take um, plates uh, in ah. it. Um, it's the make, well, the lens on it is an Erneman uh, lens, which is a um, German company which joined up with various others um, and became kind of Zeiss. Um, mm. I, think, I think it all became Zeiss uh, in the 1920s. So there was a few oh, companies. So it's that all a pre-Zeiss folded. lens. Uh, well, it was around at the same time as Zeiss, but then they all got folded right. in together. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's really cool. It was like it was under 30 quid for this and the, my auto knips. Um, and, the, and, it, and it's been a great learning experience as well, just learning about this whole format because the, it's, um, the format, is I think it's nine centimeters by twelve centimeters, which is just under four by five. And at the time, that was kind mm. of the European standard. Four by five was the American standard. This nine by twelve was the European standard. Mm. And now it's obviously all four by five won that battle. Um, and uh, on the back, just like in a, an ordinary four by five camera, you open it up and you've got your viewing window there. You look through and you've got mm-hmm. ground glass, and then you lift it out. 
slot the film holders in the back. I bought some film holders, um, some plate holders on eBay to use. Uh, um, unfortunately, I should have probably measured these before I ordered them. Um, they are like nine by uh, something that isn't. They're short. They're about an inch short. <laughs> Um, but I've managed to use them. I've just kind of jury rigged it and taken a couple of indoor pictures um, with it. It's a beautiful looking camera, Graham. It's it nice. Is. It looks in it very really good condition is. as well. Yeah, yeah it doesn't a... look very cheap shots, but it's beautiful looking. Yeah, and for a hundred years old, it's, it's yeah. holding pretty well. Um, yeah. I'm probably not going to shoot plates with it. I might do. Um, uh, Jason Lane over at Pictoria Graphica, who makes the um, dry plates, uh, and um, you can actually get them from Analog Wonderland in the UK and um, mm. Pictoria Graphica in this country in America. Um, and I had a look on Analog Wonderland, and he does he does supply the correct size for these holders because it, there are so many cameras around from this era that use them. But it's quite expensive oh, okay. so i think i'm probably just going to go with paper negatives at least to begin mm. with so i've taken a couple of just indoor test shots with paper negatives and that works so that was quite fun um the other thing that turned up this week was my nova print developer uh so this is a pretty expensive <laughs> fairly chunky piece of kit that is basically there to replace having developing trays for prints so normally when you develop, you've got a tray for your developer, a tray for your stop bath, and a tray for your fixer. And you kind of have to use them and at the end of the day, put everything away, store it all away because the stuff goes back. The, the developer goes off in them very mm. quickly. This is all of those trays turned on their side in much thinner baths. So because they're on their sides and all squished up, one, it takes up much less space. You've got a much smaller surface area of water exposed at the top, and they've got little things to sit across the top. So in theory, the chemical well not in theory, in practice, the chemicals within them all last longer. And um, it also means that they are bigger than I had room to have. I can have make bigger prints in them than I could have done with the trays because there wasn't enough room to have the trays big enough to do, say, 12 by 16 prints. I don't mm -hmm. have that much room on my desk, but I can do 12 by 16 prints in this thing. So, and That'd also, be quite impressive. Yeah, and, and also it's got built-in water heaters. So over winter, when it can get down to 12 degrees or less in my shed, I can put this on earlier and it'll get the temperature up. So that's all good. It has got a very slight leak in it, which is a little frustrating, <laughs> but... You know, I'm sure I can glue it. Um, is it is it fixable? I think so. I think so. It's it's okay, at the front, cool. and it's um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where John said you should just get in touch and send it back. I, I waited so long to get this, and the reason I waited was because they were having problems with leaks. And I think I'll just keep it and fix it myself. Oh. Um, <laughs> but the main advantage with it is is that because the chemicals stay good in there, it means that essentially I'm always good to print if i go oh i've got half an hour i can just go and i don't have to get anything prepped and ready i can just go okay take the mm -hmm. cover off it and print which kind of leads us on to this thing we want to talk about this week because i had an unusual conversation a, a, a once a first ever conversation for me last weekend i'd done some printing with my new enlarger and mm. i made a print of um, some trees in the garden it's a foggy day and i thought I know, I'll give this to the client whose garden this is. Um, because she'd given me a camera recently. So, oh, this would be a nice way of saying thank you. So I gave this print to the client. And she really liked it. I really liked this picture, which was very nice. It's 
you know, she's not family. She doesn't have to say that, but it's a very nice thing to um, have somebody say to you and um, made me feel good about doing it. Made me think I should maybe do mm. that more. Anyway, I thought nothing more of it. And then this Wednesday, she rang me up in the middle of the week and said, I really like that picture you got me. Do you have any more pictures you could bring to show me? Because I really like that picture. Would maybe oh, like wow. to, which oh. was really nice. I'm like, oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I really haven't got much stuff printed. So it's encouraged me the last couple of nights to just go, okay, I'm just going to try and print some stuff off and mm. go on a, and stay up until, oh God, I think last night I stayed up until half past two because you step late printing going, oh boy, this yeah. printing's taken a long time. And then you go, oh, now I have to wash all of these before I go to bed. <laughs> and then it's half past two. Um, but anyway, with that kind of brings on to the thing we wanted to talk about, which was printing, whether it's darkroom printing or um, digital printing or whatever it is. Um, the, the idea of the the steps you go through because it's a thing I've been obviously thinking about a lot this week in terms of deciding what pictures and mm. then what you do with them afterwards um, and, and, and the choices you make because the images you get out of your camera are, are where it all starts really. Um, Aid, mm. I know you've been doing a lot of printing lately, haven't you? We've talked about it a few times. You've got your wall of prints on the back. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's getting bigger all the time, actually. And there's some on the way. Yeah, you can't see it because it's behind <laughs> the camera for me. But there's a, the, the, the wall in front of my desk is getting progressively more yeah, packed with prints as well. So, so are so. you printing off everything that you're taking a picture of at the moment? No, no, not not that. Um, but I am very much enjoying printing stuff so so for me the printing is, is at the moment is part of a, an overall workflow if that makes sense yeah um so what i'm trying to do is to i mean for, first of all i i'm really enjoying it and i set out i i guess maybe probably nearly six months ago now it's probably around october time or something like that last year uh to uh to to print more and i've been really enjoying it um uh and it's that it's it's it's, de it's dead easy isn't it to get into uh, into not printing and thinking oh well i've got stored negatives or i've got digital copies or or whatever but uh you know and prints just clutter the place up which to be fair my house is getting pretty cluttered <laughs> with prints in the same way as it does when i go on an instax binge it gets pretty cluttered with instax mm. <laughs> uh, but it's for me it's part of a a, a process to take it take or uh, an image take or make depending it could be a, it could be taken as a as a quick snapshot or it could be something that's much better thought through and planned and what have you and uh, so i'd consider that a made image rather than a taken image um, and the first thing I want to do is, once I've got it roughly right, is print it out. And um, as we've talked about before, I have one of these little Canon selfie printers. It prints six by four uh, or, or smaller. I think you can get it to print credit card sizes and stuff mm. like that. But I just get the, the standard six by fours. And uh, it's a dye sublimation printer, um, which means, in theory, it can do really, really bright colours. Mm. Um, controlling for that is... <laughs> a little bit haphazard <laughs> or at least i haven't found the secret source to controlling it and getting the right result every time yet but uh it certainly has the ability to produce some really great color and and also some not half, not not bad black and white actually it can do it can do tone okay as well um and, and i just i get to a certain point let's say it's 80 percent finished and then i'll print you know, the 80% finished versions of my selects or my favorites that I, I've taken. So it's not, it's definitely not everything. 
um and then uh, i'm putting them on the wall Mm. and just leaving them there and and looking at them as i go by and and at this stage because i've been doing this for some months quite a few have been taken down and lots of new ones have been put up and sometimes there are gaps in the display where i've taken some down not filled the gaps yet and things like that um overall the patch of wall is getting bigger there might be 80 odd prints up on the wall at the moment maybe um and uh and it's a process of editing just living with them for for a while and seeing seeing which ones i like mm. um and so you know uh sometimes if i'm shooting a lot it'll be every day i'll print some if i'm shooting less often it'll be like once a week i'll print a half dozen i've enjoyed a little bit this week mm. you know i've got a few here some sort of black and white or or, or vaguely colored Mm, you know just sort of things that catch my eye you know um and then there's then then there's the next step which is which you can actually you know, there's different there's two different photos but you can see here i've got two prints the same it's not easy to see on our internet cameras it says he holding wow. the photograph between him and his microphone which is probably making the audio go silly yeah. um is it's not easy to uh there's slightly different colors yeah. and, and i'm playing with uh, so i'll do several iterations and play with them uh and on rare occasions i'll i'll break out the 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 big software and i'll do you know soft proofing to see if i can get quite an accurate print and stuff like that um and all of that then sort of you know process of elimination and and the next step which i'm really slow at is is sending the really good ones off to be printed you know, bigger, mm -hmm. then they can, can come back and I can maybe frame them and they might mm -hmm. earn a permanent place on, on the wall. So so there's there's all of that is part of my process. So printing is is definitely a part of my process, definitely mm -hmm. a a thing for me this year. You know me, I'm fairly fickle. I'll just do things that make other photographers go, ah, you didn't get rid of all of that, did you? Oh, do you stop doing that or you do that? It's just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> So um, that example you just showed, say, where you had two pictures with a slightly different color cast to them. I mean, how, how, when you're making these prints in the first place, how many revisions will you generally make when you're getting the colors right? Because colors, are, I mean, well, black and white and can colors, but when you're doing stuff to a printer, how many copies of each one are you generally running off before you've got one that you're happy with? Or is it a case of run off loads and just look at them and not even be sure if you're happy with it? <laughs> so there's kind of two reasons to do multiple prints um one is if i'm looking for a particular print outcome and the other is if i'm looking for a different image outcome mm. so sometimes i'll print one and i'll look and i say uh, and i'm not looking at the quality of the print or, or the the color or the tone in the print i'm looking at the the image and thinking do you know what it needs it needs more processing so you know i have not um you know i have not isolated the subject in the way that i want to isolate mm. or do you know what would look really cool here some kind of special effect of some sort you know like a yeah it's that kind of way where you're adding to it i seem to be going through a bit of a phase of trying to shoot sci-fi like sort of jj abrams type stuff at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> add more lens flare yeah 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 that's uh, absolutely yes yes um how many how many lens flares can you fit in a, on, on a six by four um but but so, so so that then is part of the if you like the creative part of of mm. the image processing print one 
mm, yeah, it could do with a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more pizzazz or or, or whatever, or maybe, uh, uh, and then then with the more natural, maybe you know, not not necessarily black and white, but more monotone. Mm. monochrome i should say sorry um uh images maybe then it's more of a technical exercise where i'm looking oh i print it and I go do you know what i could do with a little bit more detail in the shadow of that one or i could you know or no i have completely blown out all texture in that person's face <laughs> i really need to go back to the drawing board and start again so sometimes it'll be a technical thing um and then you know sometimes i'll get up to you know four five six goes on a single image before i get one that i'm half happy with that can go on the wall and see if it you know see if it survives the test of time mm. I, I suppose the, my question with that is that when you then go from that to getting your big prints done uh, so who do you use for getting big prints done getting proper prints done uh it depends actually it depends on what i'm after um so if i'm after a relatively standard photograph it's an eight by ten with a matte finish i mean it, it, at that point it can go anywhere um and uh you know it's it's i don't have a particular favorite at that level um if i want uh if i need lots of stuff doing um, which I haven't done for a very, very long time. But way back when occasionally I needed to, yeah, let's say you've know, been on the trip, you know, uh, and I needed to print, you know, a hundred plus six by fours, you know, that you may, maybe there was, you know, it was a big family gathering and I've got 20 shots, but each of six households wants a copy, mm. you know, you know, then I'd use somebody uh, like photo box um, mm. and yeah, uh one of the reasons i would use photobox is because um there you can in the settings you can switch off their auto enhance <laughs> mm. right so for so the, you know the thing with these you know big bulk cheapy print shops is that often they'll you know, your image that comes back looks nothing like the one you sent them yeah <laughs> that's like, always my concern whereas with photobox you were always able to switch that off it was a, you know you could go into settings and say do not enhance you know, i want you to print what i send you um and at that point you've got you know a little bit more control um and then then beyond that it depends you know, i quite like printing you know on um rigid rigid surfaces maybe on you know uh, mounted on aluminium so that you can hang yeah. it straight in the wall you know frameless and at that point i'm often looking for aspect ratio mm. so um yeah I, I like to shoot uh quite wide aspect ratios um you know two to one 2.35 mm. you know getting right up there to your you know your, your cinematic uh mm. ratios from the 50s and 60s and what have you mm -hmm. um and uh there are very few places that will do you uh a, a a two to one or a greater than two to one aluminium backed ready to hang print so at that point you're looking for niche stuff so you know it would go I and mean, i've got a, a yeah i'm i'm picturing one now which i know is on a different wall in the house because yeah. there's another wall in our house which is full of framed or properly printed family images family portraits essentially like to, trying to get everybody in the extended family and there's a whole wall in the house that's that's got those on and i'm thinking of one of, actually of, of my daughter which is is in that is printed it's a matte finish and it's mounted on an aluminium 
uh, and it's a two to one aspect ratio and and it's some years ago it's like five years ago i shot it um but it took me ages to find somebody that would print it (laughs) so it's it's i don't have a i don't have a particular favorite um um yeah it depends on what i want out the image really and what i know different places can provide Mm. Mm. with your proof printing it with your um the stuff you're doing with your canon selfie yeah yes s-s-e-l-p-h-y of course it is um how much does that cost per print to do that's a really good question um and i don't have a precise answer for you but it's well under a pound um uh i think it's in about the I'm I'm going to struggle. I I'm going to keep talking amongst yourselves. I'm going to look it up because I want to say it's about 30 pence okay. um a, an image. But so uh it, I'll, but I'll I'll look up the I'll look up just now the 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 pack that I buy. All right, you look it up. The reason I'm asking um, is because as I said I've been I've been doing printing this week quite a lot of printing and obviously it's darkroom printing so you're making test yeah. strips and you're doing prints to see you either getting close so you know you're always getting through stuff and i've been using the 8x10 um ilford mg art 300 paper which is paper i really love but i it's it's also hard not to be aware of the fact that that's like over one pound fifty a sheet (laughs) and you get the evening and go okay i've used 10 sheets tonight to get these two finished images and that's cost 20 pounds or so whoops i mean not whoops i don't feel like i don't feel bad about doing it. i bought the stuff and i bought it to use it and i'm just using it and having fun with it but um it is uh, that i i bought that paper when i, I when um dan k uh, i think a couple of years ago now very kindly was like giving out some stuff vouchers for um uh the camera shop in hong kong that he's um linked with and anyway so that was like a treat to myself um but it's an expensive treat and i know that once i've burnt through all this paper i'm going to have to make more economical choices to be able to keep printing my work and i was mm, interested in how yeah. economical this the canon selfie is i've just looked it up and it is currently it's about 30 pence a print and that's the that's the all-in cost so that is the um it's not ink because it's a dye sublimation thing it uses a, a a cartridge that has cellophane in it and i don't know how it works the technology but it goes through the printer four times it it it, it layers um it layers the cmyk uh one at a time mm-hmm. so your, your your piece of paper gets sucked into the printer and it spits out the other side but it doesn't let go of it and it's just yellow and then it sucks it back in again it pushes it through again and it comes out i think pink and then the second time it comes out the third time it comes out blue and the fourth yeah and the fourth mm. final time it comes out with, with all the colors it's it's um it's magic <laughs> um but uh yeah so that's that's the the cartridges the um for uh further ink for one of a better term and the paper itself together is 30 pence yeah it's, it's not it's not bad but it's not super cheap either is it i mean 30 pence a shop for six by four it's still not it's you could if you were ordering prints online just going okay i'm going to go to was it photo box or whatever and get yeah a hundred six by fours 
they'd probably be like eight pence a print or something. I oh yeah, they would be. Yeah, but so. but but if you'll go if in in the old days when you'd used to take a memory stick down to Boots or something and stick mm. it in the in the machine, mm-hmm. I, I think it was it's 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 roughly equivalent to a price you could get elsewhere for doing very small numbers of prints rather yeah. than slightly larger numbers of prints. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's I, I and for me it's the it's the control as well. So you know it takes me yeah a couple of minutes to uh, just plug plug in the, in the printer and you can print to it from it's it's a Wi-Fi printer you can print to it from anywhere the photo is you can get if your mm. photo happens to be on your phone or yeah that's fine if it's on your computer that's fine um i can't print to it directly from my camera like i can with the instax printer the instax printer i can print directly from my camera because i have a fuji camera but um uh, and anything else you know uh you can print from anywhere and it takes a couple of minutes uh, and you know and you're done yeah um so it's uh yeah it's good it's it, it for me like it's thing. one of those things that reduces friction as well it is fun it's yeah. definitely fun and it also reduces friction and you and you know you know this is an old story now but you know from having had my slump way back in 2018 and having to be crawling out of that slump ever since and only really feeling in the last six mm-hmm. months or so that i've properly got out of it um it's it's one of those things that i've adopted as really low friction because you don't have to, you know, it's just there. You can print one image, you can print 10, you can set it printing and walk away. You, you know, you don't have to go to a shop. You don't have to upload things to the internet or anything like that. It's just really low friction mm. and, you know, and just just fun to get them instantly, you know. Yeah. Claire, I know you. we've talked about the fact that you've done darkroom printing and stuff. You can't yeah. at the moment. You're not set up at the moment, but mm-hmm. you've done darkroom printing. And you showed us some yeah. of your prints before we started recording, some really lovely yeah. and and interesting <laughs> prints. Um, what, like, one, what's your process for printing with that stuff? And also, when well, you as, as when you currently don't have access to a darkroom, are you printing your work at all? I mean, a lot of it's Polaroid, so that's a moot point, but... Do you, yeah. Are you sending away for prints? Do you have something like no, a if little I have an exhibition, If I have an exhibition, I send it away. But I love, I mean, just the process. I love, I love the pro. I love the full process. So you know that bit where you know just beginning in your head what you're going to shoot, then going out and shooting, and then coming back. And and first of all, Graham, when I was you know in the dark room. I just love it and I was lucky because the dark room was um, really well equipped so you know you have the luxury of having the separate room you know to develop process your film and then um coming through to uh, you know to with all the enlargers and stuff but um so what's my my process of dark I don't know whether I'm not I think when I'm in a dark room I'm naturally I think I'm quite a naturally disorganized person but I respond very Is that well. Because you can't see anything and you yeah. keep falling over. Yeah. I am, but I'm someone that if I, if I sort of discipline myself in different ways, um, I respond really well to that. And I find like being in a dark room um, makes me very, very, brings a sort of organisation in, in, into to the process, which I'm sure sure you have so i don't know my process i always tends to be the same i don't know probably the same it's very similar to yours growing you select what do your contact print you select your negative you're going to work on always split grade it um then once you've got your you know your settings your, your, your timings then work on it and for me it was always usually 
always always leaning towards my to the multiple printing and then just working that print until until you're happy with it Mm. um part of my process was always 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 writing down um you know as i go along what the 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 timings and and the settings until i get exactly um the, the grades right for me um and then you know going through the process then of um you know the usual in the, the the trays um leaving it in the wash and then while whilst it's in the wash possibly starting a new print so you get it's like being in a factory sometimes <laughs> you know you you're ahead maybe working on a, another print bearing in mind one's in the wash for so long and then then thinking i might then bleach that print <laughs> and and so you're going on a process like that mm. um and and then obviously drying them um for the end which i'm sure is your is your is is your process but if i'm something <laughs> More if, or I'm, less. <laughs> if i'm obviously um polaroid is almost like a, you know, you get the print there and then although um i was not if i using if i'm shooting on um if i do things on a man on the manual settings on the polaroid and i'm fiddling i i became quite undisciplined in not writing down the the, the settings i was using um so i try to be much more disciplined on that do you know what i mean mm. yeah. yeah yeah um and particularly i'm thinking of you know if you get one of the newer polaroid cameras so that's so the plastic ones like the one step that you you can have an app but you've got like a manual setting so you can um control aperture and different things um so I was sometimes I, I, I try to write down what I've done or what settings I've shot them on, but um, that's really that's really hard though, isn't it? Because it take for me that takes quite a lot of the spontaneity out mm. of it, and and dare I say it, some of the fun as well. Because if yeah. you if to take your instant shot, you have to get out of your phone and Bluetooth link your app to your camera, mm. and then and so that that yeah, yeah. that's that that but that I would spend, be a deal breaker for me. But you know, talking of um. Before the podcast began, we were talking about traveling, weren't we, and uh, the current restrictions. And um, part of my process has always been if I go anywhere away or um, like if I'm in an exhibition or I'm going on a holiday, I see them as like working holidays, say, and I'll always have my cameras with me and I'll have planned shoots. And hotel rooms for me are like, um, you know, I think, well, I'm here, I'm on my own. And they are where I practice. Um, So I might practice doing doubles, on different settings and, and 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 I use it for, for for you know trial and error and writing down the settings that I'm I'm shooting on. Um, but going back to if I'm in an exhibition printing, um, I will send them away. And um, like he, I like I like dye bond. I, I like getting my prints on dye bond, and I quite like um, Kodak paper. I like Kodak and Pro paper tend to go for matte even though I do like gloss but um yeah but I but for, in that case part of the process is um you know obviously scanning up your your negative or your polaroid and then <clears throat> there is some kind of process work uh, projection work there because I have to remove the frames and then if because they're blowing up so large I have to really be meticulous that there's no um dust or hair you know that, yeah. that has got that, that's got through, um, and that takes a bit of time to make sure um, 
that that they're 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 really clean and pristine before they go away to to be printed. Yeah. Um, Just going back for a minute, Claire, because it took me a little while to to trigger the memory and to look it up. You were talking about like hotels being an inspiration for you and stuff <laughs> like that. I love hotels. I yeah. Do. Have you ever seen the uh, the Polaroids that Stevie Nicks made of herself? Yes, I have. I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I did yeah. one because that that they they're great. I do. Graham, do you know this work at all? No, I'm not familiar. Are you familiar with the name Stevie Nicks? Yes, I am familiar with Stevie Nicks. Yes, <laughs> right. Contemporaneous <laughs> to Kate Bush, right? Uh-huh, so exactly. <laughs> she's the one that isn't Kate Bush. That's how I know her. She's as. the other one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the one with the blonde hair. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She was she was in some little known band called Fleetwood something or other. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a whole set of self portraits, mm. Polaroid self portraits, yeah. that came to light just a couple of years ago, I think, or at least came to my yes. attention just a couple yeah, of years I'm ago. Um, uh, and it turns out story goes that of course Fleetwood Mac toured a lot uh, and that meant that you know they were all staying in hotels mm. and uh Stevie Nicks if she was staying in a in a hotel room and um, I don't know whether she suffered from insomnia but clearly it takes a couple of a couple of hours to wind down from 20,000 screaming yeah. fans doesn't yeah. it but and she she would uh do her makeup and her hair and, and dress up and um and take Polaroid self-portraits mm. and there's a whole collection of them if you if you just google stevie really nicks polaroid well. yeah they're yeah. really creative yeah. and it's all her own work she did all the hair all the makeup the costumes mm. i'm mm. guessing some of the costumes must have been things mm. she wore on stage you know that, that, mm. so she had had them with her um uh but there's some really creative stuff there no i agree yeah. And that's how I spend my time in hotel rooms. <laughs> so when you when you travel then and you have to stay in a in a, a quarantine hotel for two weeks, you're just going to have people I like Amazon are going to arrive every day with another huge box of Polaroid. Oh, that's it. I'm just going to have loads of film, and I'm just going to like I, I. To be honest, I'd be in my element if I could if it was a nice room and uh, I I could have just a, a couple of uh, costume changes. I'd be uh, I'd get through that film. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. it's interesting listening to both of you like aid you were talking about the fact that um you're going to make multiple prints of a thing to get the color balance right get temperature get all that right and clear yeah. you're talking about yeah. the time you spend on it it's um it's it's a balancing act um i think i always feel like with my printing that i don't think i've ever stopped making a print with the feeling oh i've nailed this I've yeah. never got that thing. I always get to the point where I go, okay, I think I, I need to stop. Anymore, but not not can't be asked. But <laughs> oh, okay, like, sorry. No, no, no. It's like, but it's, it's that thing I've, of yeah. of um, I this is I think this is good enough, and I don't want to one use more paper and two <laughs> use more time because these are two things that are both pretty precious um and you have to go okay i'm going to and i mean i think it'd probably be different if it was something that you were doing for an exhibition or something like that mm-hmm. but um but it's hard because it is a balancing act you know whichever way you're doing it um you know at the one end you're just kind of going okay i like that picture hit print not really bother to do much stuff just take it as it comes through and go well i'm happy with that that's you know and if you're just throwing it into an, an album or whatever it doesn't matter but um it, it is it is knowing well not knowing but deciding where to go okay i you know this is the i've, I've spent uh, potentially i mean crumbs i'd say 
I can quite easily spend two hours just on a basic print, just trying to get a basic print to where I want it to be. Mm. By the time you've got set up, got the negative clean, got a dim, done a few contact strips, maybe done a full print, and then looked and gone, okay, I need to take this and this. And, you know, every time you're making a change, each one of those changes, by the time you've made the change, done it all, set it up, and as you were saying, Claire, when you're in the dark room in particular, you do have to be really methodical because if you aren't really yeah. methodical, you're going to make one small mistake and you've yeah. just wasted 10 minutes. Mm. You go, okay, set this up, set this up, hit go, and then you hit go on the timer and go, I forgot to close down the aperture. That piece of paper's wasted. This time was wasted. <laughs> Shit! Um, or the worst thing, oh my God, I didn't shut my box and I forgot oh, yeah. some paper. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's, that but is you, just, you just made me think, actually, I... I'm probably, some people would probably cringe if they were alongside me in the darkroom because I tend to be, I tend to go through quite a lot of paper. Were you paying for <laughs> um, it? Yeah, you know, I'm paying for it. But um, I just don't know. I, I sometimes um, go through a lot of paper to get to, uh, to to the print that I like. But I think that for me, um, I don't know, the darkroom for me, it, it really is magic. It's the, it's, I think it's the only place where, I feel like your mind is my mind is just completely switched off and totally focused on this print. Mm. And I don't know, you just kind of intuitively, mm. don't you? You're working on it and you're you're thinking, oh, that needs to be burnt in. This is blocked up. I need to do this. And and I just think and I think that's the magic of darkroom printing, isn't it? Because you you move those images on that negative much further along, don't you? almost can become completely something else mm. um, with, with all the the, the the techniques and the tools that you you can do that. But I tend to, I, I, you do, I think, definitely get days in dark rooms where you think this just is not working. Mm. And like you say, you have to say, I'm going to stop now because I am just literally burning through paper and I'm not really getting anywhere. And, I've, and, I've... and the more frantic you get, you don't get anywhere. But I think you do get, or I do, get those days where you you're working a print and you think right that's it now mm. um i'm happy with it's where i'm at i'm not where i'm at i've got it to i'm satisfied with how that looks now mm. so i feel like i can i can stop i i've you definitely know? had a number of times where i've started working on a picture thinking okay i want to try and do something with this stick a negative in and i'll do maybe a few test strips you know maybe do a like a small little part print and mm. look at it and just go yeah this this isn't going to work. This negative is not going to work. I am going to mm. bail on this now rather than wasting another mm. hour plus trying to knock. That something happens into- to me as well. Yeah. Actually, sometimes you need to look at the first print and think, no, it's it's there's some there's something yes some things that you think might be marginal and maybe worth a test print. Mm. Yeah, when you're looking at them on the computer screen or something like that, and then you and you get an hour and. <laughs> No, I was wrong. <laughs> and it's hard because th- th- there is, I mean, and it's it's why making prints, however you make them, I think is so valuable because there there is a significant difference between a print in your hand and a print on the screen. And mm. sometimes you can look at a print on the screen and go, I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to print it. And you print it and go, actually, yes, as a physical thing, I really love this. But mm. not always. Sometimes you print it off and look at it and go, oh, well, that was a waste mm. of my time. Mm-hmm. Um I also find found for me that I know that most people prefer, don't they? I don't know what you two prefer in a dark room. Uh, twelve by, you know, what's this size? Is it twelve sixteen? Twelve uh, by sixteen. Yeah, it looks pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, the twelve by sixteen um, paper. Sorry, um, 
but I think I prefer 10 by 8. I've not, I've not, I don't, uh, although I now have the capacity to shoot, uh, to print 12 by 16, yeah. which I'm very excited by, I don't have any 12 by 16 paper. Um, so it has mm. been 8 by 10. The frustration but, I find yeah. with 8 by 10 is that that's not the same aspect ratio as 35 millimeter film. Yeah. Um, and I tend to fill my frame. So when mm. you're then, you're then either having to crop it in the size to fill the print or leave yeah. fairly big borders either side, neither of which is ideal. So I'm looking around now at the prints mm. that are on mm. the wall and thinking, what's my equivalent of that? And mm. so whilst all the paper is six by four, I can see a couple of square ones, mm. definitely some four by three looking ones, couple of 16 by nines, Mm. A two three five one that looks like it's actually i think i printed the wrong crop of the image and I, i'm pretty sure i've got two of them the same but with different crops and i think i printed the one that's more like a two six six to one rather than a two three five to one so i've got all sorts of different different sizes sizes and aspect yeah. ratios all printed yeah. on single six by four sheets mm. i i don't mind that Although I wouldn't do that for the not test prints, so yeah, yeah, I'm quite happy mm -hmm. to have that. It, it, but it would, I would prefer something that was a bit more specific, going for you know the good version. But mm. I don't know. Can, uh, tell, tell me, because I don't do darkroom printing. I've never done darkroom printing. Mm. So how do you handle aspect ratios in darkroom printing? You've got choices. I mean, as with everything. So mm. um, when I'm doing eight by ten, if I I Although I do have an easel that you can kind of close up and move yeah. the, the blades around on it, the one that I've got isn't great. I don't love using it. So based on um, John's recommendation, I'm using these very easy-to-use Patterson um, easels where you literally just slide the film in, close it down, and that's it. It just gives you a thin board around the edge. But there's no flexibility. Um, so if I'm doing 8 by 10 either I'm going to lift the picture up so the picture is bigger than yeah. the frame and it's actually you're just cropping within that onto it if you yeah. if i want to have it edge to edge or i'm bringing it in so that lengthwise or widthwise that's within the frame and then i've got wider borders than i normally would have um top and bottom mm. um and or the only other thing i have also done is i've um used so rather than using the 35 millimeter frame for my larger i have also done it where i've used the six by six frame for the negative mm. and then had the sprocket holes showing within that and make them part of the frame because that way i could have the full yeah. image within it and then have the sprocket holes as part of it and it kind of yeah. framed it as well uh, and do you do you uh do you mask it for, so, so so that the you know the light won't come through and and or do you let or do you have to let it burn and so you end up with sprocket holes but also the rest of the paper being black um well yeah it, it basically it goes where the um where the board where the sprockets are it is just black and you can see the it's, it's quite it's a, quite a fun effect actually you know it, it can be in for some things it can work quite well and look quite nice but yeah you basically it turns the paper black where the sprockets were and stuff so um but if you're using a proper easel then you can mask things off and of course you can cut paper to the size you want and all those things and the, another recommendation that john's made which i may well look into in the future as i keep running into this problem is 
getting <laughs> A4 paper instead of 8 by 10 get A4 paper because I think the aspect ratio of A4 is yeah. if not the same as it's much closer to 35 mil um, it's pretty much spot on actually because right. it's um it's uh well it's 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 300 mil by two, 210 it was 297 mil by 210 mm. so it's almost three by two yeah but the stupid thing is and like this is one of the frustrating problems is that um you can get eight by ten easels really easily and they're not too expensive and the moment you go any larger than that it gets much more difficult to get one at any kind of cheap price. So um, stepping up from an 8x10 easel is mm. you're going to be spending out quite a bit of money for it. And it's like, oh, jeez. You'll need a new shed for starters. Well, need, oh, God. I mean, I have I am in April. I'm going at the end of April to help Rachel shoot a wedding. Um, not that it's a very big wedding, but obviously... To the shed show. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so this... Well, the, the why this ties in with the shed is um, that whilst I'm going up to to help Rachel with this, uh, not very big wedding, but quite big Rachel, no offence, Rach, but she's getting bigger. This is an unavoidable thing. Um, I'm going to be picking <laughs> and up... And to be celebrated as well. Absolutely, absolutely. 20 weeks, 20 weeks this week, so that's fantastic. Gosh. Halfway through. Yeah, Um I'm collecting from Simon, who taught me into getting this thing, uh, and another enlarger that I bought at auction. And this is the uh, large format enlarger. And I am, I'm not sure how that's going to fit in the shed. I might need to build a chimney pot onto my shed for this to go into. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be a thing. Um, yeah, more more space. As you go up, everything needs to get bigger. So, it's, so when you, when you go to, to clients... Uh, or, or when you have to go to the garden centre for supplies for clients or anything <laughs> like that, do you get like a whole shed envy thing going on? <laughs> I think going to John's has just given me the ultimate shed envy. Yeah. Once you've been into John's dark shed, you're like, well, that's it. Mm. I'm never going to have this. His shed is as big as my garden. It's full of all the coolest stuff that he's picked up yeah. over the years. It's, it's You're just done then. You're just done. Mm. So... I have to say, I never thought that I would ever have shed, excuse me, envy, but I do because I when just for that reason, I think, oh, I could have one of those in my garden and just have like a dark room. It's great. Dark room space to go into and just disappear. I totally, and um, I saw your, uh, I take it it was you, Graham, your your tweet earlier about, um, or the other, the other night. And you were yeah, saying one o'clock um, in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, one shall I shall I go to bed or shall I take another negative? And I thought, I totally understand where you're coming from because you get into the zone, don't you, with yeah. printing. You get into that space and you just feel sometimes I don't want to stop. And I think that you I could quite easily be you know going till three <laughs> three or four in the morning yeah. and getting into some strange habits of <laughs> yeah it, it, the problem is though <laughs> that um it's not a good idea especially not if you've been at work all day and then you start doing this stuff at let's say nine ten o'clock at night yeah. um, because it gets to one o'clock i think oh okay i'll just do one more and then you start and you realize mm. actually i'm really tired and then you start making mistakes, <laughs> like just stupid mistakes, like not closing down the aperture or, OK, oh, I've I've knocked the, where the easel is 
Mm. Now it's oh, oh, just done. and no, it's one. you know. Let me just let me just tear this sheet of paper that costs one pound, whatever it is, into small shreds and throw it in the bin because I've just ruined it. It's um, so yeah, it's a double-edged sword with that stuff. I think mm. probably staying up super late when you've not started early is not the mm. best idea, but it's I, good. I, I, I think it's that it can be. You, yeah you can do a couple i would imagine because i get this sometimes when i'm doing creative stuff and I, i'll be potted around and it'd be like nine nine thirty ten o'clock and i think right well, i've relaxed enough now that my brain can go and do something creative you know and then yeah, it's like how but how long do you want to do it I, just a, a question actually claire for you mm. like, about watching movies like oh, right. what's your what's your what's your best time of day for for watching movies oh that's a good question. Um, I suppose I tend to watch most of them in the evening, so around sort of eight o'clock-ish, um, sometimes a bit earlier. If it's kind of like if I'm on holiday, you know, so I'm off work or something, then... Um, all day. <laughs> well, sometimes not all day, but I, I, I used to do things like I'll get up and think, oh, I'm just going to watch like a Columbo first, you know, start my day <laughs> off. Ease yourself into it, yeah. <laughs> Seven Columbos later. Columbo, then whatever, might go out and be out or whatever, walking or swimming or, I don't know, take, making pictures outside or whatever because it's nice weather and then come back and watch a film. And especially over Christmas holidays, I find I love watching, not necessarily what's on the TV either, but yeah, I tend to like watch them in like watching like one in the afternoon and then yeah. one in the no, evening. No, the, the reason I was because it's I mean it just prompted the question what Graham was talking about yeah the time of day and what have you that mm. you would choose to do printing and you know I find as well that there's there's certain times of day when creative stuff is good and there's certain times mm. it's not and and I will enjoy and uh, watching a movie in the evening and probably most of the movies I watch in the evening but that's mm. not by design that's just by necessity. Yeah. And yeah. actually, on the very rare occasions I do get a day to myself, mm. I might watch two movies in a row in the middle of the day. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, well, I'll just, yeah, I've, had, I've got up, I've had a lazy start because mm. the rest of the family have gone out. Um, I'll sit, I'll, you know, make a cup of coffee, sit down at like 11 in the morning and put a movie mm. on. And it's a totally different Expe experience. Yeah. And because my brain is in a totally different place, mm. you know, you can you can get stuff much more, you follow stuff much more. I, I, sorry, it's a complete tangent. I was just really curious because I know you're like, such a movie um, lover. Yeah. It's like there's, I get, there's something really special about going to the cinema in the afternoon. Yeah, week, especially when it's weekday. empty. Right, yeah. I watched, um, <laughs> what did I do? Because, because of course, I haven't been to the cinema very recently. Mm. But um, the last one I went to in the afternoon was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh yeah. And there were about four people in the whole of the theatre, so it's basically I was sat. It felt like I was sat there on my own. I just had this enormous. I saw right. I'll sit That's front. Sweet. I'll sit halfway back, right in the middle. Feet I'm up. here. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is me. I'm I'm watching the movie, and yeah. it was it was that's a much better experience because one, yeah, again, more alert in the middle of the day. Mm. No, nobody shouting or playing on their phones or, or rustling popcorn or anything like that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of of your bog standard chain cinema theatre yeah. in this country because most of them are just just full of rubbish mm. <laughs> and, mm. and and loud people but uh <laughs> but that day was a good day in the cinema
That sounds yeah, good. Definitely. We should probably wrap things up. We've been chatting for quite a while, to, <laughs> as is always the case. We've been gas bagging for quite a while, so we should probably start. To, I think uh, you know, closing sentiments. I guess well, you know, uh, print stuff. Print more. Uh, print however, more, you're print doing more. it, print it. Yeah. It's fun. And if you're going to get prints for your home, I really like dye bond. I really like dye. Doesn't he live just down the street from you, dye bond? <laughs> <laughs> and is he is he related to dye sublimation? <laughs> <laughs> I get to say that my stepdad's called Dai, so that's all right. Um, can can I just before we do close out, or, or maybe to close mm. out, right? Um, the, there's something that that occurred to me earlier on um, uh, uh, that I thought I, sh I should mention is um, don't treat printing like it's just for special occasions, mm. or that every print has to be just so. Um, have I have I talked to you guys about the fact that I made some maths books for my kids? Yes, yeah, you, you did. Did, tell us about did that. I tell you? That yeah. was really lovely. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this was fairly recently. It was uh, it was just as the, the the most recent lockdown came in, so it must have been around Christmas time. And um, and I thought, you know what? I'm, uh, I I, uh, I I'm going to make them some maths books because they're going to be homeschooling. So so this was just these were just blurb i think they call them journals but they're just mm -hmm. notebooks and you get about 70 odd pages in them or something like that so i chose one with a square print so, you know for maths and and i just threw a bunch of pictures in them and mm. and then every yeah every time they turn a page or every other page they get a nice surprise a photograph yeah mm. of themselves or of somebody in the family or something or a holiday we've been on yeah that again it's like it's like um having in uh yeah, an Instax printer or a Canon selfie printer, yeah. and just giving people stuff, and yeah, the, yeah. just it. Really the specialness nice. of it might be because people enjoy it, not because it's technically proficient. Mm -hmm. it's certainly, mm -hmm. in my case, not technically proficient. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was that. I'll just say that. I'll just say that. No, I think that's what I miss about. Um, you know, that's why I like. Sorry, that's why I like film. And you know, even if you send your roll off and you get prints from your lab, I think um anything i take on my phone just stays on my phone mm. um so I, I to be honest now i i don't really shoot that much things on my phone yeah because i know that i just don't look at them that's know? really interesting um, mm. you know, but but what we are saying um aid is um you do you you take them from um that's but that place you know and, and print them out and i do you know, i, do. Um, I mean and it is just a phase i'm going through because mm. you know it will change um and one of the things that is is mean is driving me to use my phone so much is that because i'm working from home and i'm spending many hours every day on video calls my, my good camera is wired in is essentially wired into my desk i'm looking at it right now because of course it's filming mm -hmm. me right now and right there's a i have on my desk there's a little sort of monitor riser and on top of that i've got a little tabletop tripod and my camera's on that um there's an hdmi cable coming out of it which is how i get the feed into the computer for doing this stuff mm -hmm. it's powered by the mains mm. right so it's not even battery powered my main camera is not even battery powered right now i've got one of those fake batteries that is actually uh, uh powered by the mains um and uh to to undo all of that to take it out is not a spontaneous thing now i absolutely would do it if i was going away for a weekend or a week or something like that mm. but for nine, nine times out of ten i'm looking at it thinking 
that's more trouble than it's worth. I'll just take photos on the phone. <laughs> um, or, or, you know, I still have, uh, you know, my, my, my delightful little Olympus tough camera, which is mm. a bit long in the tooth these days, but you can't, you know, it is, it's bulletproof. Um, uh, and uh, well, it may not be bulletproof, but it's proof of a lot of things. <laughs> and there's still the the weirdest sensation. Even I've had that camera for years. Throwing it in the sea is still one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. Mm. Right, having a camera that you just pick it, literally throw it into the sea. Um, uh, it that is a weird experience. It's all kinds of wrong. <laughs> I mean, you can throw any camera into the sea. Eh? It's just, you know, not all of them respond quite so well once you've done so it. So you do have to check that it's got the floaty wrist strap on it. Yeah, oh, well, it, you know, it, it has. It's So the wrist strap is is a float. Is, yeah. It's a buoyancy aid, and it, it's more than enough buoyancy to keep the camera mm. uh, you know, retrievable. Mm. But still, just the idea of, uh, the, you know, it, out of the seaside and it, yeah, the kids mm. are, uh, uh, want it. It's like, Dad, throw me the camera. And just like... <laughs> Mm. <laughs> i love i love those actually those um waterproof disposable cameras oh yeah 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 they're great yeah you fun. take them underwater and stuff the, yeah. uh, just very quickly again before we wrap up the other thing i want to just say on printing mm. um because i know i've talked in the past a lot about the fact that i'm printing for the sake of printing and things are just going in the box um based on my experience this week another thing i would say to people is um if you're printing because you like the stuff you've made and you want to make print of it so you can see it, but you're then not sure what to do with it and it's just going in the box, give it away to people, like mm. to, to friends, Absolutely. to family. But also, like if you think, oh, this person might appreciate it or you know, I've got a neighbour, they're nice things to give to people and yeah. you never know what it might spark. And like I said, this, this client who I gave a print to, she has said to me that she wants to give me money for more pictures now. Oh. For one thing, she hasn't seen my other pictures. That will definitely change her mind. <laughs> For another thing, she doesn't know that she's just about to get a bill that's probably going to be about four grand because I haven't billed her for a year. So that's probably definitely going to change her mind. <laughs> I'm bad at business, guys. You really should do better in voicing. Uh, I know, I know. People, people will struggle to pay that amount. I know, I know. Listen, <laughs> I, I, um, but you just you, you never know. And like I said, this was just a random thing. So I'm gonna, I've got this print. I'm going to give it to her. You never know. So. So if you've got prints and they're just sitting in the Before box, the bill comes. yeah, exactly. That softener. <laughs> yes. Take make sure you make sure you, you make sure you register it on the blockchain before you give it to her. Oh mm. god, yeah, I should definitely be doing that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right on that. <laughs> right on that. Uh, you're gonna get us out of here then. Are you? Oh, actually, um, should we just quick heads up next week? Um, mm. Next week <laughs> with cheap shots challenge next week. Um, have you both Eek. got your cheap shots pictures ready? I'm almost there. I need to do the post production on them. Cool beans, mm. Claire. And they are they are in stacks. So so they are in stacks shots, and nice. I need to do the post production on them. So there you go. There's a little intrigue and teaser for you. Mm. I've got two. That's ready. pretty good. I've, I need to finish the mm. roll of film and get that done. But um, yes, next week's show, we will be joined by the wonderful Paul Mackay, who will be coming to judge mm -hmm. the Cheap Shots Challenge. So really looking forward to that. And hopefully also next week, we'll have uh, the next instalment of the Lighting Lounge going out. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, who's in that? I don't know. A couple of nobodies <laughs> I've never heard of. Sounds, all sounds a bit iffy to me, but you know. Uh, but the production value is enormous. Oh, the production value is <laughs> off the chart. And... 
Claire, you have got an on film coming out, uh, well, probably this weekend as people are listening to this. Mm-hmm. So do you want to tell us who's on this episode of uh, on film and what the film was? Yeah, so um, you're going to release it, aren't you, this weekend? So it's, um, we were, I was talking to Jeremiah Chechik um, about Run, Lola, Run and his work as well. So an interesting, interesting chat. Yeah, good? that will be interesting. He's done loads of interesting stuff. So. He has done lo- He's just done so much. Uh... <laughs> Most notable <laughs> for the Avengers movie. <laughs> and it's not that Avengers movie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm having fingers wiggled at me, listeners. <laughs> shall we... Uh, shall... <laughs> shall we struggle mind? shall we struggle on out of here shall we struggle on out of here yeah we? okay well in, let's go there so um thank you uh ladies and gentlemen and everybody else who's listening to this week's podcast thank you for letting us talk to you about printing and i'd say there was a fair proportion of rambling in there as well um, <laughs> as as what i am displaying right there, right now <laughs> Well, I tried to remember how to end a podcast. We have been the Sunny 16 podcast. You can get in touch with us on the internet, which probably shouldn't be a surprise seeing as this is a podcast, but you never know. Uh, you could start at uh, the Sunny 16 podcast, not the, sorry, at sunny16podcast.com is a good place to start. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff there. Um, or you could just simply subscribe to our podcast. I don't know how many people listen but don't subscribe. You know, I don't know if we'd have like on YouTube where people like watch but don't subscribe and they say subscribe, subscribe. So please subscribe and um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, actually, because that would be good. Um, that's the Sunny 16 podcast. It's not the Sunny It's just called Sunny 16 podcast. Why do I keep saying very that? very well. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Am I, have I got the job as director of marketing? Uh, we'll call you. Don't call us. Social, I'm the social media czar. That's why I mm-hmm. am. Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, it's been an honour and privilege to talk to you all. Uh, we will be back next week and we will play you out with Rachel's band Rocker, whose album Promises I Should Have Kept you can get on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and Bandcamp and probably other places as well. Uh, so enjoy that and we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.